0: I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much.
1: The biggest difference in life is always zero to one. There's a way more win in the zero to one. So like an air purifier for a bedroom and either like a reverse osmosis or a, or a Brita or a filtered bottle. And just be like, okay, you know what? For right now, that's good. Instead of trying to have the perfect diet, just cut out the worst thing. And then you build so much momentum as you are getting these little bit of wins, as you're educating yourself more. But it's like, don't like try to build your 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 master plan for health and then wait to start executing on it. Like there's some really easy steps that can be checked off here.
0: It isn't about being perfect, it's about being better. Hello, my name is Dr. Stephanie Stima, and I host expert discussions with thought leaders in all facets of health, including nutrition, fitness, hormones, stress management, performance, recovery, longevity, health span, and energy production. On this show, we discuss complex science, but then we also alchemize it into actionable everyday living. The ultimate goal with the show is to assist you in making informed decisions about your health. And to catapult you into being the hero in your own life. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Better with Dr. Stephanie. It's me, your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. Today, I am bringing you a conversation on air quality and its impact on our sleep and our recovery, our hormones and our overall health. My conversation today is with a longtime friend, Mike Feldstein. He is the founder of Jasper and he's an air quality expert. He leveraged his experience in the wildfire restoration and air quality consulting business to start Jasper, which is a premium air purifier company. And in our conversation today, we talk all about air quality, both the exterior air or the outdoor air and the indoor air and its impact on our health. We start off talking about fires and we talk about the external air and how that gets trapped like pollens and all of that gets trapped inside our homes. And then we talk about the pollution Inside, so the VOCs and the off gassing and the particulates from cooking and the dust mites and the insect bits and bobs and all of the sort of squirm worthy things that can reside in our home and do not get cleaned out. So, we talked about protocols for helping clear the air. We talked about things from zero cost, things like opening up our windows, putting plants in our homes, turning on the bathroom fan, things of that nature all the way up to investing in an air purification system that can clean the air as you're getting fresh air in. We talked about geographical uh, locations, so for all of you East Coasters who have Brutally cold winters and then very mold, a very humid summers. We talked about how those types of environments. So looking at you, New York, Toronto, Montreal, and Boston, and the entire East Corridor. It's we're just like a you know a breeding ground for mold. And then we talked about more arid climates like Calgary and the Prairies and Arizona and some of the some of the issues that they deal with as well. And then we talked about cognition, which is of course, as you know, something that I always like to weave in is something around brain health and aging well, how poor air quality can impact the brain. And we talk a little bit about that as well. Overall, this is going to be an incredibly valuable conversation. If you are someone who is starting off the year, wanting to eat better, probably get in more water, we should bundle that with better air. So please enjoy my conversation with Mike Feldstein. (laughs) The Apollo wearable was developed by neuroscientists and physicians for less stress, better sleep, more energy, relaxation, and focus. Using the Apollo wearable gives you the same physical and mental benefits of mindful practices like breath work and meditation, like improved focus and concentration, balanced emotions, reduced feelings of stress and anxiety, and more restful sleep. And this is great news for someone like me who struggles on a regular basis to meditate. And Apollo is unlike other fitness and health wearables because it doesn't just track your health biometrics, it actively improves them by strengthening your nervous system. Apollo wearable users experienced up to 40% less stress and feelings of anxiety on average, up to 19% more time in deep sleep, 11% increase in HRV on average, and up to 25% more focus and concentration. I personally wear it to sleep every single night and have been doing so over the last several months. And I too am happy to report that I have noticed better HRV or heart rate variability. And my deep sleep is off the charts. Excellent. So if you want to experience some of these benefits as well, head on over to apolloneuro.com forward slash better. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com forward slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout to get $50 off at checkout. In today's fast paced world, finding time to exercise can be a challenge. I know as a mother, I certainly struggle with this between prepping and making breakfast and lunch and dinner, and then the extracurricular activities for my kids, not to mention all the other commitments that I have at work and to my husband and my life. It feels like my schedule is always pretty crammed, but there is a way to achieve remarkable health and fitness benefits in a fraction of the time. This has been my latest and my greatest discovery with cardio, and it is the Carol Bike. The Carol Bike gives you the shortest, most effective workouts proven to deliver double the health and fitness benefits in 90% less time compared to regular cardio. No more hamster on the wheel, ladies, for for 50 minutes or an hour. In just six minutes, you will get the most effective workout that fits seamlessly into your busy life. The coolest thing about the Carol Bike is that it is AI-driven, so it gives you custom workouts based on your fitness level. And trust me, you are just done after that six minutes of work. I love it. So for a limited time, you can get $100 off the Carol Bike with the promo code BETTER. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. That's right. You can save money and time with the Carol Bike. So please don't wait. Visit CarolBike.com today. Welcome to the show. We're talking all about air quality today. Just thrilled to have you here. Good to be here. And... I have been geeking out a little bit on in preparation for our conversation and really just my interest in air quality as a proxy or as a as a means for better health was really really peaked last year. I'm in as you know I'm in Toronto Canada and there was these forest fires in the in the state we'll call it for our our American friends we call them provinces here so the province or the state next to us lots of fires in Quebec and every day we were getting these air quality warnings every day we're getting these air quality warnings I'm like I wonder you know I am a bit more resilient my young son has a similar constitution to me. My my oldest son is, he has allergies, he's very sensitive to changes in the environment, humidity-wise and, and otherwise. So I was starting to think when there was all these this air quality warnings, what can we start to do to improve the air quality in our home? And of course, I've known you for several years and you know just through knowing you and what you've been doing, was very interested in having you on the show to talk about air quality. So let's just dive right in. And talk about some of the effects that poor air quality will start externally, and then we'll move into the home, how that can affect human health. So let's start with external, like when we have poor air quality, let's say from, you know, our California. Let's start with the fire and smoke thing. Yeah, let's start with fire and smoke. And fire and smoke
1: is fitting because my background was in wildfire restoration, cleaning up toxic fire damage, smoke damaged homes. So that was the inspiration to even get into this air quality specialty eight years ago the the fires are interesting because fires and smoke used to very until recently be thought of as a west coast issue no one in new york or toronto thought wildfire smoke could ever come there with the huge it's a humid environment in the summer it's hot but it's not that hot but it's not dry so forest fires at least right now aren't a huge risk but as we saw they they can they can come to the east as well but even in past years and i follow the the path of smoke very closely There have been many days over the past several years where the British Columbia wildfires, they do make their way to Ontario. You just chalk it up to a hazy, polluted day. But often that is the smoke. In fact, when you look at the wildfire smoke after a big fire, you can watch it go around the earth a couple of times with satellite images. You can see it in the middle of the ocean. Like I remember in 2016, Fort McMurray, Alberta had the biggest fire in Canadian history and like... A month later, that cloud of smoke was in Spain or Italy or something. Wow. So it it travels kind of like those dust clouds that travel. Smoke clouds travel too. It takes quite a while for that to get filtered out of the environment and kind of worked into the the oceans and the lakes and the soil. And, you know, the best air filter is, is nature and it does its thing. But often it's this when you think I, I like the campfire effect is a really good way to think about it. Nobody smells smoke at the campfire. You might get it in your eyes and switch sides, but you don't smell smoke. You smell the smoke when you go inside and shower the next day. You're like, I stink like smoke. Maybe even the day after too. And your clothes, you're like, whoa, this really smells, but you get nose blind when you're in it. So when you're, when you're actually in that environment, you don't notice what's going on. So often people think about smoke as what you, what the stuff you can see and smell, but most of the harmful byproducts from smoke, and not just tree smoke, but when there's these big fires, often homes are burning, cars are burning, factories are burning. So all those toxic chemicals are now mixed in with that smoke. So it's not just old school wildfire tree smoke. Sometimes the fires that burn homes can be a lot more toxic than just a regular fire. But there's a lot of things that we can't see or smell, like one's called polycylic aromatic hydrocarbons, another's called hexavalent chromium which was big in Aaron Brockovich. But basically, it's the stuff that you can't see and smell that can often be harmful. And if you think about it, if if there's a day where there's smoke outside, it's inside too because you don't have air filtration to tackle smoke in your home. Your little furnace filter is not designed for it. So the air in your home comes from outside. And when I did extensive testing after wildfire cleanup jobs, those particulates, those chemicals, those toxins they don't just come and go. They get embedded in any porous material in your home. So anything that can get wet can also intake smoke. So this means your couch, your bed, your clothes, your insulation, all your furniture, your carpets, anything that's porous can absorb smoke just like it can liquids. So we would do a lot of home detox work after wildfires for homes that were miles and miles away from the fire But it was, and you know, you'd go there and the house would look clean. It would still smell. But even when we could get the odor out, when we would do our lab testing on various materials, it's a whole home issue. So wildfire smoke is a really, really big one because we often think what we can't see and we can't smell isn't there. But as we know with water, you would never go to a pond, fill up a glass of water. Or, you know, if I fill this up in my swimming pool, it looks clean too, But we know we can't drink this water because there's invisible things that are harmful. I clean my countertop after dinner because there could be invisible bacteria there that could harm me as well. And air is no different. But because we live in air, we're not separate from air. We're just in it. I think the human awareness of air quality is generally quite low.
0: You mentioned that your furnace filter doesn't filter the air. And for all the homeowners, including myself, tell us what the, so what does the furnace filter do then? I know that I change it every, I think we change it every four months in our home, but what, what are we, what does that, what is that supposed to do then?
1: So I will say now that you have those Jasper filters in your home, you can actually reduce your filter changing cadence twice a year is more than enough because now that you're cleaning the air in your home, that life expectancy of those filters is, is dramatically improved.
0: Okay. And when we fact, take that when we take them out pri- no, prior and prior we just had like I just I have one Jasper on the main level we'll talk about this in a moment. I just purchased another one for our for our upper level. But when we would take those out like they were dark like we would put them in and they're white, those HEPA filters or whatever they're called and then you take them out and they're sort of gray. And so you'll notice
1: now if you it'd be cool. I I've, I've I've tested it, but if you took a picture before and after in the same amount of time, mm-hmm. there'll be a lot less gray now because okay. it's not you, the, you have cleaner air in your home. So those furnace filters, the furnace, which hasn't really been innovated in many decades. Basically, furnace companies are 5 to $150 billion companies. They're huge, 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 huge companies. And the way we build our homes hasn't really changed in quite a while, except for tightening them up and making them more energy efficient, which is really bad for environmental health because we've put ourselves in a little Tupperware box. But the furnace was designed... To heat and cool cost effectively. And your HVAC system, which if anyone's not aware, when we say HVAC, we're talking about all of the mechanical stuff in your home, your furnace, your air conditioner. HVAC is heating, venting, air conditioning, and cooling. You notice there's no part of that acronym that speaks to air quality. Hmm. So the lungs of your home are only designed to heat and cool, but not to filter. And that was the main focus. And then other inventions have come along aftermarket things like you can add on a humidifier a and you can add on a fresh air take. And some of these things are helpful. Some of these things are harmful. We can definitely double click on that a little bit. Yeah. But the primary function of the furnace is to keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And the primary function of the furnace filter is to keep the furnace safe, which isn't really a problem unless we don't have another solution for it or unless our air quality is poor, which as the years go on, it's getting more and more poor. But the furnace filter needs to capture large particles. So, you know, construction debris, a chunk of hair, cat, cat, or dogs shedding, you wouldn't want that stuff to get into the motor of the furnace. So the primary function of that furnace filter, it's not to be a whole home air cleaning machine. It's to keep your furnace safe. And now over the last several years, especially with COVID, everybody said, increase your furnace filter, get a MERV 13 or a MERV 15. This can sometimes be quite problematic because what happens is that HVAC system was rated for a certain type of filter. And then when you put on a much more efficient filter that's better at blocking particles, your heating and cooling gets worse. The motor can actually overheat and you can break your furnace entirely. So it just wasn't really designed to be the cleaning machine. And, you know, furnaces turn on and off. So ideally, they're only running like 10 or 20% of the day. It gets to a good temperature. It shuts off, turns back on. So when it's not running, there's nothing that's cleaning the air in your home. But generally, it's important to realize that that furnace filters function you know, does it clean the air in the home a little bit? A little bit, marginally, maybe five or ten percent at best. But that's not what it's designed to do. Just like your space heater is only designed to heat you, your furnace is is just a whole home space heater essentially.
0: Okay, so the furnace filter is designed to sort of get like the cat hair or the you know the, all those things to protect the furnace. Keeps maybe the it's ducts wor- clean. Yeah, keep the ducks. In. So, why don't we why don't we uh, define particulate matter and some of the different, uh, you know, why we are concerned about different sizes? You know, some of the things that we can't see. You know, you mentioned before we're just in the air, so we don't necessarily. We're not able to evaluate it or we don't have at least the senses or the, you know, the sensorial capacity to do so. So let's talk a little bit about particulate matter. And I want to talk about 2.5 because that's the, yeah, PM 2.5. So can you, can you define that for us and and explain what, what is that and why do we want to be concerned about that in terms of air quality in the home?
1: Yes. And you raised a really good point there that I also want to make sure we loop back on is the human's ability to detect these things is actually a lot greater than we think. Um, we have incredible biosensors that we're not even aware of, and um, most people are. And I'll I'll share a little bit about that with you. So broadly speaking, air quality. Most people just think about temperature, and if you think about yourself trying to sleep at night, it's not easy to sleep if you're too hot or too cold. It's you know, you really want it's to,
0: impossible to sleep if you're too hot. Impossible. It's the worst.
1: You yeah. know, cold with a good blanket, like that's a little that can be pretty good, but uh, temperature is like that most obvious thing because cold is really uncomfortable for us. Hot is really uncomfortable. So temperature is just the thing that we're most readily available to. But I mean, a lot of people, especially in the Northeast, where it's very dry in the winter, they need to get humidifiers because if it's too dry, you could also be really uncomfortable. So the big kind of issue, so the, the factors of air, the most popular top five is temperature, Relative humidity, which is humidity of the air. CO2, which is carbon dioxide. CO, which is carbon monoxide. Actually, CO is not usually on that list. Sometimes it is. But you have PM2.5, which is particulate matter. And then you have VOCs, volatile organic compounds. So I'm not going to really speak about temperature at all because people have a good grasp on that. We can get into humidity a little bit. But the particulate matter, so PM2.5, is the particles that are small enough to enter your lungs, enter your bloodstream. Your body's not really too great at filtering out. But so PM two point five is just particles that are smaller than two point five microns in size. However, there are still PM three, PM five, PM ten. There are larger particles that are also quite harmful, like mold. Same with what was happening with COVID is it can hitch a ride with your dust. So if you see dust and you put dust under a microscope, it's not just dust. Dust is a vessel for everything else to hitch a ride around your home. And particulate matter can be things like when we talk about particles, we're talking about smoke, dust, the pet dander, physical things that a spores, filter can catch. Like mold spores. Mold spores for sure, yeah, mycotoxins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you shine that ray of light through the through the window and it's dark and you see things floating in your air, that's particulates. So your eye, they're often too small to see, but under the right light, you can see you can see particulate. That would be smoke. That would be construction debris, all that kind of stuff.
0: So, if you look at a city of like in India or China, and you sort of see that haze over the city, that's particulate matter. That's the PM two point five. Would you say
1: there could be other particles as well? Yeah, but so, but part that's the stuff that's most harmful. But when you see that haze, that's that's particulate mm-hmm. of various sizes and. You know, there's a lot of stuff that can go in there. So in a home environment, then your other things that can be particles. It's shocking when you do a, a lab test in ambient air in the home, like how much insect parts are in air everywhere. Oh my God. Sorry. Sorry. But it's no district. no no you no we have to
0: talk about it it's like oh okay i have to just like re, like try not to gag as you're saying this but that is disgusting but keep going it's fixable
1: but yeah, <laughs> yeah like there, yeah. there's teeny little insect parts dead skin cells dead hairs like hair cells like all of that stuff we shed it and mm-hmm. it doesn't just like go away it's it's light so it travels in the air quite easily and dust is not a normal thing like if you look outside there's no dust dust yeah. is an indoor problem Mm-hmm. That happens when you don't have fresh air and you don't have clean air, you get dust mites. That's not an outdoor thing. Just like mold. Mold is present outside, but it's not a problem outside because you have enough fresh air, you have the UV from the sun, you have the the hydroxyl, hydroxyl radicals from the wind. Like outside is such a good air filter that a lot of the things that aren't problematic outside are problematic inside. Like when did humans start cooking indoors even, right? Like this is kind of new stuff. Never mind like cooking large elaborate meals in airtight sealed homes and most range hoods aren't made very good and most people don't use their range hood unless they're cooking bacon so the vocs this will be like the high level overview then we'll have some context set for the for as we proceed here mm-hmm. the vocs volatile organic compounds this is kind of gasses and odors so think hairsprays toxic cleaning products so the opposite the opposite of low tox is, I guess, high tox. All those types of products. If people are vaping, it's it's gases. So a lot of filters they can filter out physical particles, but they can't filter out like gases. the
0: pine saw for your. You know, I had a, we had a cleaning lady who she she brought pine saw, and she started doing something on the floor, and I'm like, you have to stop immediately because I that is giving me the method the, oh. method method two raging headache method. I, I We clean the house with vinegar. I, that's what we do. Water, vinegar. I do a little bit of drops of some lemon essential oil or something, whatever Perfect. scent, whatever. That's how I clean my floors. But I remember this a couple years back. I'm like, you have to stop what you're doing. Like, I know you're trying to help, but I am going to die with this smell. Like and this- it's just,
1: an, and yeah. think about her doing it every day, everywhere, right. Right just right. no awareness. She mm-hmm. obviously doesn't notice the headaches or she's chronically not well. Or she's and adapted,
0: just- maladapted to it, yep.
1: Yeah, we mm-hmm. the, the the ability to ad, to adapt is such a blessing and a curse sometimes too. So yeah, you have the the cleaning products, cooking can do can also a lot glue, of wood glue,
0: like the glue that they put the wood if it's engineered adhesives. wood. Yeah, like the glue, the Both carpets. Yeah. So yeah,
1: typically, if anyone's ever out there is buying a new home or building a new home from scratch or moving into a new home and they're buying all new furniture and stuff, or they bought a new subdivision house that's never been lived in. If you can have an opportunity to let all the windows and the doors before you do like your deep clean and you move in, let the house breathe, let the stuff breathe. Because when things are manufactured, they have an off gassing period where they release the chemicals from the manufacturing process. Well, unfortunately, that is not good for profits for a company. They don't have an off gassing period. So, you know, your drywall is, is made in China, it's shipped here and it's in your house just in a couple short months. So, the off-gassing takes place in your airtight home. So if you buy a new mattress, a lot of, there's a lot of better mattresses now, but formaldehyde is really big in the home and benzene and toluene and there's all these different compounds, you know, f- the, the furniture, and the manufacturing process, kids toys, that it just needs to breathe in air out a little bit, but inside your home is really not a great place to do it. So that kind of speaks to the, the the factors of air and the particulates and things like that.
0: I want to get a little bit more specific if I can for a moment because I yes, really please. want to drive this home for my audience and how important air quality is. I've pulled a couple of studies as I do, because I'm a nerd. So there was a study that was looking at, this was in Israel, they were looking at Israeli high school students, and they were looking at their performance on exams. And these were exams that were going to uh, determine for them whether or not they were going to get into university or not. And when, so what they found was that the students were less likely to to receive a passing grade on the days where PM 2.5, so that particulate matter that you were just, that we were just describing, were high. So less likely to pass these tests when this PM 2.5 was high. So imagine like your future, you know, you're trying to get into a university or what have you, is riding on your air quality because there's, and the, the point that I'm trying to drive here is that your air quality is definitely affecting your brain's capacity for performance. I have another one, and I don't know any, I don't, I am not into baseball, but I wanted to just highlight I this love, one.
1: Baseball's a good sport for relevant analogies though. So let's see what you got.
0: Okay, so they so there was they were looking at umpires and their ability to make uh, their calls, so the accuracy of their calls in the game relative to air quality. So when carbon monoxide and PM2.5 were high, it like statistically signif- like you know, significantly increased the likelihood of the umps making incorrect calls. So, I don't care a lot about baseball, but I'm sure that there are some There are lots of people, you know, if you are in the bottom of the ninth, I hope there's nine innings in baseball. If you're at the bottom of the ninth, like those, those calls really matter. And what was more interesting about that is that the, the CO and the PM 2.5 were, when they were looking at the analysis of the, um, these umpires and their calls, still well below what the Environmental Protection Agency considers safe.
1: That is a really... The last point was good. I'm glad you got that in there. Yeah. Okay. So I can weave that into what, what my thoughts are. So a couple other... Just to to build on the studies, the same types of studies have been done for world-class master grandmaster chess players mm. and the quality of their moves to play like a, a game theory optimal game, as well as lots of test scores types of studies have been done, but also absenteeism and productivity in the corporate environment. So some companies have caught on and they are now investing in much healthier buildings because they realized, whoa, if you have 50,000 employees or 200 employees, improving your absenteeism and your productivity by 4% times hundreds of people times many years has a big impact even on the bottom line. Which is great because this is the kind of stuff we need to get more research and more studying done. If it's not financially motivated, it's hard to, to learn because who's going to pay the money to figure it out. So a big reason I even got into becoming myself an air quality nerd was when I used to do floods, fires, mold, and restoration. And then we would test the air quality after a home to say, hey, family, your safe is home for reentry. And when we would do mold removal, you know, kitchen leak or bathroom or a flood, When we would clear the home and we get a passing score, I'd be like, that's a pass? That's not even that good. Or when we would clean a home and we would have it excellent, I would then go and do a test in a regular home. I'm like, whoa, they're closer to the home that had the flood than the recently detoxed home. And that was a big deal because it kind of, the same way that traditional MDs and Western doctors aren't at all trained on nutrition. Builders, developers, HVAC contractors, architects aren't taught about air quality or water quality or lighting. They're just, it's not part of their training. So to get where we need to go, it needs to be a top down and bottom up effort where homeowners and consumers don't tolerate that. And with their awareness, they're not going to buy subdivision homes anymore that aren't well thought out. And from a financial side, when that HVAC guy comes over because your air conditioner or your furnace isn't working, why isn't he going to your bedroom and checking the air quality and saying, hey, your baby's bedroom has really high levels of VOCs from that crib, blah, blah, blah. You really might want to you know, increase your ventilation or add some air filtration. It would be really good business. And there are now healthy home builders. It's an emerging space where you can hire a healthy home contractor who's holistically trained on this stuff. And they're able to charge a premium to build homes that were actually designed for the people who live in them. Most homes were built on spreadsheets. Developer says, let's buy a 1,000 acres. How many homes can we build? How much square feet? How fast and how cheap? And then how much can we sell it for? There's no time when they're sitting around the boardroom saying, how do we design homes that are most optimal for the families that are living in them? And when you buy a home, you get a home inspection done. You pay your five $600. They come out for four or five hours. All that you're trained to do. By the way, I got trained as a licensed home inspector to see what the training was. So I'm a home inspector. And we actually have to make the homeowners sign off that no part of this inspection is environmental. We're not looking for mold. We're not looking for asbestos. So we're going there to look for something that's going to put a hole in the new homeowner's pocket. Like your furnace is old, or there's a crack in the drywall, or this dishwasher's a little Going to be due for a change soon, but not at all looking to say, is this home littered with chemicals and toxins and anything like that? And I'm like, whoa, that's unfortunate. I
0: did not know that.
1: It's so unfortunate. So, what a cool thing for um, a home inspector who's interested to be the home inspector who not only looks for, because like when you're already there, we're literally talking about an extra $100 of lab testing and an hour max. Their price doesn't even have to change much to now be the best home inspector in town, actually inspecting the home. So a lot of this stuff it's just like that's why the education here is so important because it it needs to just be top down and bottom up. And like what you were to bring it back home to both things you said about the optimal levels of of air, the standards are like you know, I when I was living in Canada and I was just going to the doctor and I'd have to like request a blood test first of all. And then I just thought of blood test as like black binary. I did a blood test. Same way people just think a water test and air test. is like, you know, there's thousands of things you could test for, right? It's not just a blood test. Yes, no, on, off, black, white. So I didn't even ask. They're like, basically, we'll, we'll call you if you're dying. I never got the call. So I never even knew what my blood work was. And then with education in the last couple of years, I'm like, oh, I can test my blood for lots of stuff. I could test it twice a year, three times a year. I can there's a lot more than it's not just you know so simple. And what the doctors they weren't looking for optimal, they were just looking for not dying right now. Abnormal.
0: It's like they're looking for abnormal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I don't I don't think what what we're what we're tolerating as normal and almost everything now is it's not good enough. Why shouldn't why shouldn't we strive for optimal to be normal? And you know, when you're sick at home all you're thinking about is not being sick. So like, if there's smoke in the air, no one's being productive as a society. We're not inventing things. We're not moving things forward. We're not happy. We're not comfortable. And when you talked about those test scores, actually, I'll go back to that test in Israel to make it really obvious for people. You know how you feel if you eat a cheeseburger and some bolognese and some carbonara and have a big thing of spaghetti and then go try to, you're exhausted after that. You feel tired. You feel sluggish. If you eat McDonald's for every single meal and just fast food and 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 drink tap water, you can imagine that you're going to feel suboptimal. And you know when you're eating super clean and lean and drinking filtered water, but especially the food, because we could feel it like right after we eat it. Well, we feel bad because we're putting bad stuff in our body and we eat two pounds of food a day. We, we, we drink two liters of water a day, less than a gallon. But we breathe 17,000 liters of air 20,000 times a day. So all that bad stuff that we can get from our water, we're getting it from our air too. So we're just less attuned to it all. But the reason why those chess players are performing worse is because whether you want... I call air sleep fuel when you're talking about sleep and focus fuel when you're talking about getting work done. Like literally, when I travel within two, three hours of here, I always bring a Jasper with me. And when I'm flying somewhere... I see if I know someone who wants one in that neighborhood and I I ship it and I bring it to my hotel room because once you've once you've experienced sleeping in a clean air environment you can't tolerate going back like I remember growing up there was just this was not that long ago I'm only 33 there was there was only tap water I never even thought about water quality so when I'd go to a restaurant I would just get water it was probably only when I went to Europe when I was 19 that they, they like they only had like the bottled water for me. But when I started to drink filtered water, then I'd go to a restaurant I'm like, ooh, this water kinda tastes like chemical. Smells.
0: Soup. Yeah, it smells. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't notice this before.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: <laughs> once you've spent when you've been living in a clean air environment, all of a sudden other homes feel heavy. They feel dusty. And you know, like when you're in an office or there's a lot of people in a home and you're like, I just gotta go outside and get a breath of fresh air. Like you th- that's not fresh air. That's just air. That's just the regular stuff. It's that your inside air is so bad yeah. that when you go to breathe regular air, it feels amazing. It's just easier to breathe. You know, the breathe easy is like a real thing. And the cleaner the air, the easier you can breathe, the more effortlessly you can breathe. <laughs>
0: It is almost impossible to get all of your minerals from food alone as much as we would like it to be so. And many of us are experiencing chronic health issues like fatigue, muscle cramping, hair loss, anxiety, and imbalances with our adrenals, our hormones, and our blood sugar. I have been using and loving Beam Mineral's plant-based humic and fulvic supplements recently. They are a full spectrum mineral supplement, meaning that they give you everything that you need to replenish your mineral and electrolyte stores all in one go. Humic is a powerful system detoxifier of which I know I need to keep my detoxification in check as well as healthy hormone metabolism. Hewik has been used in many settings for removing mold toxins, heavy metals, and pesticides from our environment. And they taste like water, so you can kind of down them in seconds every single morning. If you want to try Beam Minerals for yourself, head over to beamminerals.com forward slash better for 20% off of the entire store. Once again, that's beamminerals.com, B-E-A-M dot com forward slash B-E-T-T-E-R. And you'll get 20% off your entire cart. I'm so happy you brought up sleep because that is probably the one of the number one issues that my community will talk about. They're looking for solutions for perimenopausal and menopausal women. Yeah. We really typically struggle with sleep. Now there's a lot of hormonal changes that are happening and our susceptibility to stress is lowered because our progesterone levels, which is sort of the, the 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 buffer, if you will, in terms of our stress, our ability to deal with stress is now lowering. We have these vacillating levels of estrogen. And then all of a sudden, you know, you turn 45, or I hear this all the time. It's like, I turned 44, I turned 48. And just like that, I couldn't sleep anymore. Mm-hmm. So can we talk a little bit about how air quality in the bedroom is going to help with a restful sleep. And of course, you're going to have the knock-on effects there of, you know, producing all the hormones that you need to produce overnight and being able to get into that deep restorative restful sleep so that the brain can sort of clean out the towel tangles and all the the gunk from wakefulness overnight. So let's talk a little bit about sleep quality and air quality.
1: Like, what's more important than sleep? Just be tired and you'll remember nothing matters more. And you can't you can't have a good day without a good night. And I just love when there's, it's like one decision that removes a thousand future decisions. It's really nice when you can solve one problem that can contribute to a thousand other problems without trying to play whack-a-mole. Just do the things that are kind of top of funnel and the early dominoes in the chain. And like sleep is obvious. If you don't have sleep, you don't have energy. And if you don't have energy, you don't have life. Your life force is just dampened it's weird and it's not nice. So looking at sleep, like you said, it's the time when your body gets to consolidate memories and repair. You know, I'm not the body expert, but I have a, a, so I'm speaking high level in, in layman's terms, but you know, your, your body's recovering and your body's healing and your memories are consolidating. and, an interesting thing is folks who suffer from really severe allergies or environmental sensitivities, whether that's al- um, allergies, has to, m- mold, pollen, uh, dust mites. But let's just kind of think pollen, seasonal allergies, for example. They go outside and they feel really sick, and their 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 sleep is affected by their like allergies are just impacting them. They're allergic to stuff. Well, we learn kind of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's a cool rule, but there are certainly exceptions to that rule. Like if we're talking about a, a boxer or a UFC fighter, going to another sports analogy, when you get knocked out, you're much more susceptible to being knocked out easier in the future. Sure. And
0: yeah, you, you with, roll your ankle once, you're very likely to keep rolling it the same ankle over and over. Yeah.
1: So that you know that defies the rule of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Which mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, we can argue for that makes sense in a lot of times as well building up the immune system and you know all that stuff but what's was really powerful for me to learn over the last couple of years is that folks who are dealing with really bad allergies their bedroom air is often five times dirtier than the air outside their home your indoor air is typically at least five times dirtier than the outdoor air and on top of that when you are your body is still in defense mode. So when you're sleeping there at night and you're breathing those six, seven, 800,000 particles, going back to the dust mites, the insect particles, the mold, the pollen. And I'll say that there's typically, or often, there's more pollen in your house than outside your house. Because when there's a bad allergen day, the pollen comes in, but how does it get out? It gets in everything. It gets in the carpets. It gets in your whole house. You just have an allergen infested home now. And if you're not filtering your air in the home, it lands on your surfaces and it's it's part of your indoor environment. And when you are sleeping and you are still breathing high levels of mold and pet dander and pollen and dust. Near porous, near stuff.
0: porous, you have linens on you that are also porous. That it to even you... add to it more. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, you're sleeping right in it. So what happens is your body can't really do the things, all those memories that wanted to consolidate and all that, the body healing and repairing and re-energizing. It can't do it because it's still playing defense with all of these toxins you're breathing And When people have optimized their indoor air and their sleep air, it gives the body a chance to be like, ah, and actually build up the toler- tolerance, the defense, the shields. So then when you go outside, often seasonal allergies, you know, it's not a health claim, but it's something that I keep witnessing is people who have really bad seasonal allergies, when they dial in their indoor air quality, They're fine to go outside for an hour here or there. They can. It's like you can go to the sauna for 15 or 20 minutes, but you can't live in the sauna. So with sleep, obviously, we talked about temperature needs to be dialed in. That's kind of like the most obvious thing. But just like comfort, right? Like if you have a horrible pillow, horrible mattress, horrible blanket, you don't appreciate your bed at home until you go somewhere that has a bad bed. And many people don't even realize how uncomfortable their bed is till they go to a hotel that has a great bed. They're like, whoa. This hotel is the best bed ever. It's like, maybe invest in that for your house. Like do that, do that first. So, you know, you want a comfortable bed and comfortable sheets and a good pillow and all that stuff. And then you want your temperature dialed in. And let's say you have all that figured out. Your temperature is good. You have an amazing bed, but you live downtown Toronto on King street, right above a nightclub. And on the weekends, it's blasting bass and it's loud. You're not going to be able to sleep because you could only sleep as good as your 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 lowest hanging fruit. Like you can't have one weak link in your sleep stack or nothing matters. So if it's bumping loud music, you won't be able to sleep. If there's bright lights, you could have it all quiet, but if there's bright lights, you won't be able to sleep. And kind of that next frontier of moving away, those are obviously like critical issues where you literally couldn't even sleep. But when you moved more towards that optimal side of things and optimizing for sleep, air quality is a big deal because what are our three big intakes? Food, air, and water. You can go three weeks without food, generally, three days without water, and three minutes without air. So we take it for granted. So if the average bedroom has 800,000 particles, with no, I'm talking no air filtration. You got your little furnace filter. Those particles are everything from 0.3 microns up to 10 microns is generally where we measure. And that's all of those airborne things we were talking about. When you filter the air in your bedroom, you're going to get about a 90 to 95% reduction like pretty much right away. So that 800,000 particles floating in your room is now, you know, 20,000 particles or less. And I got like and then a lot of people if you live in a city with ambient noise and street lights, which are more prevalent now than they used to be there's a lot going on. Sleep in a city is not a very restful state unless you do the things you need to do to optimize your little sleep sanctuary, which the coolest thing about a bedroom is their bedrooms are pretty small. it's a a small enough environment that you can really dial it in. You need a bed, some good air, some good humidity. Like it's kind of easy to, to figure it out. So yeah, it's a big deal. And when you're able to have clean air, in your bedroom and breathe 95% cleaner air and your body can recover all of a sudden, like it's not clockwork, but for a lot of people that's when they're, you know, their psoriasis starts clearing up the same kind of stuff that cleaning up your diet. Like it, we should probably start calling it your air diet. Like, you know, you're, if you, if you dial in your water and you dial in your food and you dial in your air and you're just living a more pure, cleaner, healthier life with less toxins coming in your sleep quality dramatically, dramatically improves. So I think if there is a, a Maslow's hierarchy of air, dialing in the air quality in your sleep sanctuary where you're going to spend a third of your life is absolutely the top priority. And it's the place where there won't be a question of if it's a difference. When you start sleeping in a really clean air environment for a few days, try to turn that air purifier off and you will panic. Because you, you're like, you're like, whoa, whoa. I can't really breathe in here anymore. I was not aware of the situation that I was in.
0: Well, I have to tell you, when we got our first Jasper unit, we did an air test. And so he had it running for about five minutes. He was explaining, you know, the smart features and the little, like, you should always just have it running on. The smart feature or if you're cooking maybe you bring it up to like a like a level two or whatever or it'll just go up to like three or four on its own and then he did this while he was sort of waiting for the you know the Jasper to be running he did the air test before we started the Jasper there was I forget the exact numbers like 1.3 million part like particulates in the air yep. and then we had been running the Jasper for about f- call it five minutes. And he took the air and he took the the tester and he said, "Okay, let's just t- put it right by the Jasper to see what the what the jasper because you don't have we haven't had time to like clean out the whole room because it's like a, you know the the Jasper I think cleans is like sixteen hundred square feet and we had put it in the we we have it on the main level, like where the kitchen and the family room is but he said if i just take it right by the jasper like where the air is coming out you can get a sense of what is coming out what is going to be in your in your home in you know in 24 hours let's say once 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 it's been running consistently and it went from 1.3 million i think it went down to i think it was like 13,000 something like that it was insane to go and that's from that's at
1: the top of the unit if you did if, at the if top, you yeah, sense yeah. it right where the air is coming out it can actually get to like 0 or 1 or 2
0: Wow. And so what I was in preparation for this interview, I said, okay, so we have one on the main floor and I'll talk a little bit about how I now use my vent way more than I used to because you're, you know, oh, you great. Yeah, I was never using it before. I mean, I was using it, like you said, like bacon or like something was smoking on the skillet or something, but not really, not really using it otherwise. But the Jasper would start working really hard. I was like, oh, like, oh, there she's going, like she's going again. So I'll just pop on the range hood to like, you know, kind of help her out a bit. But now just in in our whole conversation around sleep, I was like, okay, I got to get this upstairs. I have to have another unit.
1: Is it in your bedroom or in the hallway?
0: I'm going to put it in the, I'm going to put it in the hallway. So I'm going to make bedroom
1: for a few days,
0: bedroom for a few. Okay. I'll do bedroom bedroom for a
1: few days days because it doesn't really matter. You would think conventionally, if we put it in the hallway, it will contribute more to the, all the rooms. It's not exactly the case because when you put it in a bedroom, you're, you have a furnace. So there's returns. So the air goes from the furnace, blows it around the house. And then there's Mm -hmm. return vents where it goes back to the furnace. It heats it or cools it. So, if by having it in a bedroom, any of the air that goes in your bedroom is going to be cleaned to a really high degree, and then when that air goes back into the, the return, really filtered air is going to be mixing into the whole home. So, even in a bedroom, it actually contributes to the whole home quite a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really a whole home system, but the the huge impact is going to be from having it in your bedroom.
0: Do, do we? Do you think that we need one in each of the bedrooms?
1: I'm just saying try it in your bedroom first and you'll decide for yourself. Okay. But let's say if you put it in your bedroom, it's going to make the air in your bedroom 95% cleaner and make the air in your whole home 20% cleaner. And then, you know, you have one in the living room. It's a little bit bigger space than a bedroom. You're cooking. That might make that room 80% cleaner and be another 20%. So even the bedrooms that don't have it are still reaping the rewards of it being in other rooms. And that's when it gets to people to be like, you know, budgets and priorities and stuff. But yes, best, if this is a good, better, best situation, having them in the bedrooms is very, very optimal. Mm. But even having it in a bedroom, it's not like selfish. It's still contributing to the whole home. To the whole
0: home health. Okay, good.
1: bedrooms (laughs) and cooking are the areas, like I just tell people, like, look where you spend your time. You know, if someone's working from a home office and they're spending eight hours a day in a home office, like, you know.
0: Put one there, yeah one
1: there, like you're mm-hmm. gonna like go put it where you're you're spending the most time, and you're gonna notice a huge, huge difference.
0: Yeah, I I love that because as I was saying, I wasn't really using my range hood before mm. and really noticing when it was turning on. And I'll circle back when we air this episode. I'll circle back and 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 sort of give an update in terms of because by then I would have had my Jasper running an, in my. Do you bedroom. do any
1: sleep tracking stuff at
0: all? I do. Yeah, so I have an Aura Ring that tracks my. HRV, my, you know, all the things that attracts, like so latency and all that. check
1: your past month and then mark the day that the air purifier goes in the bedroom. A friend who lives in Toronto, actually, his sleep score went from a 61 to a 91, like instantly. Wow. Because there was some mold in his apartment that he wasn't aware of. So going from a lot of mold to no mold when he was sleeping had a massive impact on his sleep. I live used to live in Kelowna in British Columbia, Canada and i was sleeping 10 hours a night but waking up exhausted so i put my air quality sensor not not an air purifier but like a sensor to detect co2 outdoor co2 is 400 inside 5 6 7 800 once it gets over 1000 it's a little bit problematic but a lot of offices are at that level once it's getting over 1500s like everyone's going to be getting tired for sure if you ever host an event with like a lot of people in a small space and you're like, you have that desire for fresh air. That's because the CO2 is getting way up there.
0: Oh, that's a good. Well,
1: tip. our oh. CO2 was really, it was, it was 650 when we'd go to bed, and it was peaking at 3500. Whoa. So of course I was waking up exhausted. I was hardly getting any oxygen at night, and I was breathing carbon dioxide at a high quantity. So I checked my baby's room. You know, cool fact adults breathe 20,000 times a day. Babies can breathe as much as 60,000 times a day, which is why young children and babies and kids, they need the most filtered air. They got little lungs. They're just little filters and they're breathing at a higher respiratory rate. Mm -hmm. But we had wildfire smoke often and it was cold. So cracking the window. So if I cracked the window, it was a perfect solution. But with the smoke and everything, it wasn't always a practical solution. So I actually kept the ensuite bathroom door open and I left our bathroom fan on through the night. And that little simple tip was enough to keep that CO2 under 900. Now I was sleeping eight hours a night instead of 10, and I was waking up refreshed. So why I love information like this is it was one small thing that literally changed the quality of my life entirely and my wife's and our ability to be parents and be productive people in society. And all I had to do was leave my bathroom fan on.
0: It almost seems like a lazy, I don't like the word hack, I actually I, I despise that word, but it almost seems like a shortcut, like a lazy shortcut to better health. Like you don't really have to do anything. You just have to flip on the Ian Jackson
1: once called it the laziest way to be healthy.
0: It is. It's, it's
1: like eating all healthy. the food. It's kind yeah. of annoying. I sort of enjoy <laughs> this more decadent food. Yeah. <laughs> Finding the filtered water when I'm out and about, like it's kind of difficult. And what about in my drinks? But like, yeah, air clean air is the laziest way to be healthy you plug and purify and other than paying money and changing your filter twice a year, you don't have to do work. There is an investment in, but there's no remembering to go to the gym. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's January now. So it's, it's actually crazy. I didn't realize how much we were in the new year's resolution business and how many people had like clean air, clean water and a gym membership on their bucket list. Oh wow! And like with allergies coming up, I didn't really realize, but like, it's, it's an it's like hiring an assistant at your business it's like the one thing that like allows you to like perform and not worry about so much stuff and like if clean air in your bedroom is just a wonderful place to start with with making a big a big shift because like once you sleep better now you got the exercise now you got the energy to get the to, to get that extra workout in and and do stuff like that so trying to figure out health stuff and environmental health stuff, Especially when you, you come on and there's so many podcasts and experts, you could be so overwhelmed. Like, where do I start? Yeah. And you're trying to get your sauna in and your cold plunge in and your two workouts. And you're like, and what Whoa. do I even
0: do when I get to the gym? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know, Brita, let's just say like Brita's is like the cheapest, most mass water filter there is. And then, you know, some people want their Kangens or their Berkey's or their whole home stuff or, but like a, the fr- the filter and i've tested it the fr- the filter on a fridge or to a brita the biggest difference in life is always zero to one so if someone can get the a life straw or a 30 or 40 dollar brita the delta from no filtration to a brita compared to a brita to the best filter there's a way more win in the zero to one so like an air purifier for a bedroom and either like a reverse osmosis or a or a brita or a filtered bottle and just be like, okay, you know what? For right now, that's good. So like instead of trying to have the perfect diet, just cut out the worst thing. Mm. Like, I just find that, and then you build so much momentum as you are getting these little bit of wins, as you're educating yourself more. But it's like, don't like try to build your, your, your master plan for health and then wait to start executing on it. Like there's some really easy steps that can be checked off here.
0: So let's actually talk a little bit about solutions. So obviously, uh, we're going to talk about the Jasper air filter, but I would love to start from like zero barriers to entry, let's say, like easy, low cost or no cost solutions. And then we can sort of move our way up in terms of interventions. So you mentioned, Great. you know, with your with your daughter's bedroom that you were just opening at a crack or maybe it was... No, it,
1: it was actually, on, her bedroom wasn't a problem because she doesn't breathe as much when you have me and my wife in there, two adult air breathers, mm-hmm. it was our bedroom that was the big problem. Hers was okay. okay because of her little lungs.
0: Okay. So opening the windows, where Where are your thoughts on opening the windows as a mechanism to help the, help the home and the indoor? It's quality? amazing,
1: especially like, you know, you can Google online the outside air quality anytime. There's pretty solid air quality apps out there too. So generally, if it's a reasonably good air quality day, like a couple of things that I often do you know like if 5 or 6 or 10 people are in the house the co2 will go up from 700 to 1500 like it will go up and often we can misdiagnose high co2 with feeling hot like you know you just feel like overwhelmed and warm but it's actually a lack of fresh air it's not cool air that you need the cool can kind of give you that sensation of freshness but it's not a replacement of fresh air so often especially when it's not like crazy hot or crazy cold if the temperature's course, if the temperature is extreme, it's less practical to crack your doors and windows all the time. And you don't have to leave them open all the time. A purge can be quite effective. So when we cook, I typically do like a big open up the windows and I let the house, especially if you can get a cross breeze going where you open up like two windows on the opposite side of the house and just do like a purge for 10 minutes to just get all that stuff out. Like filtering your air is great, but it's really awesome if you can get a lot more air air changes and vent that out to the outside air and bring more fresh air in. And then you can close it back up and let your air filters start cleaning that fresh air because you need fresh air and you need clean air. No air purifier in the world is going to make you fresh air that comes from outside. So in terms of, so yeah, windows, I think is great. And then a mechanical version of that low table stakes is a bathroom fan or a range hood. Some range hoods, Their fan speed one is virtually silent, which I think is so cool. So, you know, it is decreasing the energy efficiency of a home, for sure, because you're now venting out your heated or cooled air. And But when it's it's temperate, it's great. If you're cooking, it's great. If you have a bunch of people over, it's just a great practice to like, if you have more people in the room, like if this was an office building and a boardroom, often they have a CO2 detector in the boardroom. And when the boardroom or the meeting room is is high, they turn up the fresh air intake because more humans equals more carbon dioxide. More carbon dioxide needs means you need more fresh air, aka more ventilation. So I'm a big fan of opening windows has a mechanism for fresh air. Um assuming that there's no like wildfires or really bad allergen day or a really like hazy polluted day in the city. So yeah, windows what are about great.
0: Cooking, what about cooking outside? Would you recommend if if it's possible to cook outside?
1: Oh yeah, you can't see it from where I'm sitting, but we cook a lot outside. Cooking. cooking cooking indoors is like a new invention. Homes was like, you know, what was a home several hundred years ago? Never mind way before that. It was like a roof over your head to keep the rain off, keep your stuff dry, keep you dry, some walls to keep out the wind and some predators. But there was no like airtight Tupperware boxes like homes now. You know, you got your drywall and you got your You're framing, but we also have something called a vapor barrier. So your home is basically wrapped in many layers of saran wrap in order to, you know, keep, keep the moisture where it needs to be and add another like layer. But you could imagine that living in a Tupperware box, you wouldn't necessarily want to be trapped in that box all the time. Like you put a little critter in there and you poke some, for some air holes. So your little, your little pet can breathe. Well, us little critters in our homes don't have very many air holes poked in our home because the desire to keep cost low and energy efficiency high means a really, really tight-sealed home where air doesn't travel out very easily. And especially with big buildings and condos, like, ever wondered why hotel windows don't open? It's because, like, broadly, they don't typically open in buildings, offices, and all that offices as well. They don't open because... If everybody had their windows open, it would be a fortune to heat and cool that building. Hmm. When you have a very tight recirculated air building, it's a lot more cost effective. But with a home, being energy inefficient, we're talking like, you know, tens of dollars a month. Like it's not that significant. There is something also called ERVs and HRVs. You can put them in a house aftermarket. It's the best when you are building a new home. To put it in because you can install what do it. What does those
0: stand for? I've never heard of that before.
1: Heat recovery ventilation, or energy recovery ventilation, mm. and think of it as it's basically a system that is able to regulate. It can detect humidity and CO two, and basically, what it does is it's allowed to basically bring in, bring in fresh air when you need it, but it has a little core that gets heated or cooled by the indoor air. So it's, it's basically the most, honestly, ERVs are better and they're better for humidity in all climates. And it's an ERV because it's an energy efficient way at increasing ventilation. And you can actually, it's more popular in Asia, less in North America. I'm going to try to do something about that in the next few years, but you can actually add filtration on your ERV. So if you think about your house, the perfect house is actually a sealed tight house with an ERV. So it's like you have a straw at the side of your house, two of them, and that's where you bring the air into your mechanical system, but you have a filter at that straw. So how do you think the air gets into your home now? Residential homes don't have a fresh air intake. It actually comes in through your doors, through your windows, through your your vents, your dryer, your range hood, your bathroom fans. There's many things in your home. Just look, do a walk around the perimeter. There's a lot of vents. So that is where the air in your home comes from. So when you create a really tight home and you add a fan, that becomes the point of least resistance. So all of the air will now come through this dedicated area. So you can actually filter the air when it's coming in your home, which is really like, that's the future right there. And it's not, they're like $2,500. So that's why when I talk about like homes not being built for humans and the lungs of your home, like. This doesn't take a lot of money. In fact, a lot of provinces and states now have in their building codes that new homes must have ERVs. Uh, but like an ERV is more expensive and, you know, not an option if you're renting and if you're moving, you can't take it with you. But that's like the best way to control ventilation. And then sort of those lower options are cracking windows, using bathroom fans and using range hoods. Also, I always recommend the good old Kleenex test. Check your bathroom fan, check your range hood, turn them on, hold up a Kleenex, see if those things even work. A new bathroom fan from Home Depot is $150 and you can get a much higher fan speed, even a quieter one. Some of them actually now have sensors that will detect humidity and CO2 for you. Mm-hmm. So there, you can upgrade your bathroom fan game and that's like a really low cost way to affect things. But make sure the fan works. Half the time, those fans don't work. Also, a lot of people's range hoods don't vent outside. They vent in the house in the cabin. So all that cooking stuff doesn't go straight outside. It just goes into the cabinet right above it. What? Very common. Very common.
0: So how would you check that you go outside to see if there's a vent Let, where the range is. You could hood do is.
1: that, but you could also like check if there's a cabinet above your range hood. Like if you're in the middle of the house like just yeah, like sometimes in a lot of buildings especially there's like a range hood there. And then there's like a storage cabinet above and you'll like just see it just goes there or like goes into your drywall or goes into your attic. Like often it's not vented. Bathroom fans too. A huge reason. So in Toronto, most homes have mold in the attic. Almost all of them because a lot of homes were built cheaply. So your bathroom fan vents into your attic. It should vent into the attic and then that tube should go directly outside or the attic itself should have some vents. So what happens is you take a shower, it's super moist, you pump all that humidity into your attic, you have porous insulation there, it gets a ton of black mold. Luckily, due to the stack effect, most of the air in the attic is going out, not back in, but that's not a, a plan for success, having a bunch of mold in your attic, and it's very, very, very common.
0: I want to tell you about a supplement that I have been using over the past year with some great results. It is called primidine and it is offered through Oxford Healthspan. And the principal ingredient in the supplement is a compound called spermidine. And yes, it's exactly what you think it is. And it comes from exactly where you think it comes from. It was first isolated in male sperm. But spermidine in and of itself is not just unique to sperm. It is a polyamine, meaning that it is a compound that is known for inducing autophagy in humans which is basically the body's cellular renewal and recycling process that tends to slow down as we age. And certainly on the show, you've heard me talk about other techniques and tools that up level autophagy, things like resistance training and fasting, even caloric restriction, temperature variation. But supplementation with spermidine is also another way that we can up regulate this autophagy process. And supplementation with spermidine in humans has also been shown to support cognition and heart health to balance hormones and improve hair hair growth and fullness, including your eyelashes, eyebrows and your nails. There are some epidemiological studies that have correlated higher spermidine levels with longer life and our gut will produce kind of like two thirds of our body's spermidine and then the other third is going to come from our diet. And this is where this supplementation really comes in. I take about two to three grams of this every single day. If you are interested in trying spermidine for yourself, you can use the code Dr. Stephanie 10 at checkout for 10% off. The website is OxfordHealthSpan.com. And this will all be a clickable link for you in the show notes. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. What about plants that absorb benzenes and the VOCs? Like I know mother's tongue, or I think it's called mother-in-law's tongue or snake plant, palm trees. There's, I know the money plant is really great for VOCs and for, I think it's formaldehyde It's really well known for. What do you Think about plants in either bedrooms as a mechanism for ink because they will often release oxygen in the evening and sort of like have a CO2 sink or throughout the home.
1: I like plants. I like them even more in environments that breathe good because so if anybody Googles like the NASA plant study, they did a really great study where it basically shows you all the different VOCs and which and you can actually filter by the type of toxin for which plants are most effective. So NASA did a pretty cool study on that a while back. That's the one I like to reference. You know, plants are good for specific things. They don't really compete with air filtration, but they're certainly additive. However, then you need to be very mindful of a system where they're not getting moldy and they're not bringing pests in your house and stuff like that. So,
0: Although they have all their own bugs in the soil and other things like that that can happen. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So you just have to be mindful of that. It's not... It's not. It's not a solution that doesn't come without risk. Anyone who ever tried to grow plants realizes that when you garden, you get all kinds of bugs and insects and and humidity issues. Just like dogs, dogs are great, but they're horrible for air quality. So you know they give you that compassion and that emotional love and support, but like, literally, this fun picture I like to paint for people: you would never take your blanket, go outside, drag it along the street. Drag it on that Roundup filled grass on the tree on a couple dogs' butts and then go home and shake it out on your bed. Right. But it's like, but you do that every day with your dog. So, you know, what can one do? Well, you can groom your dog, you can shampoo it more, you can add air filtration to the room. But these are things like we're bringing all this stuff like indoor cooking and indoor pets and a tight home. Oh, what could go wrong? Cats. So a lot of people aren't actually allergic to cats. They're allergic to cat litter.
0: The dander, of, isn't it? Like the dander. That's,
1: and the saliva as well with cats. Huh, yeah. But no, cat litter is actually a big problem. If you look at the chemicals that are in that cheap arm and hammer clumping, dusty cat litter, and not just arm and hammer, but most cat litters. um, I've, I've done testing in a 4,000 square foot home with the furnace running. Kitty uses the litter box. And that entire home within a minute is filled with all the different chemicals that are in your cat litter. When a cat uses a litter box, it's a cloud of, of, of dust. Now, That's then there's true, new, yeah. there's new cat litters that are more pellet based, but then those track everywhere. So then you need to create like a little mat. The coolest thing I've seen recently is a, is a cat closet. So you make a little closet and you have like a shelf, a shelf, a shelf. And then you put the, 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 the litter box at the top, but you can open it to change the litter. And then you actually install a bathroom fan in the kitty closet so the cat's litter box vents directly outside and it's not becoming a whole home air issue. So these are like these little things that aren't necessarily crazy expensive based on your situation, but it all just comes back to the air awareness. If you're not thinking about your air and you're not thinking about your environment, you can't begin to test the rain should. And it's really awesome because once you start getting into it, you start seeing the world much differently. The biosensors, I, I can't not mention this. I love this. You know, when we hear that the shark smells blood, like I, I used to just, I couldn't believe it when they talked about the bear smelling like the dead animal or like yeah. smelling its prey from miles away or the shark smelling the blood from miles away. I'm like, how does that work? Like, I'm like, I don't understand how that could be. But just like water currents, there are also air currents. So if you think about it, if I blindfolded you right now, And put a pile of garbage or poo in the corner of your room, and we blindfolded you. You could find it. So uh, even if it's you know fifty feet away, how does your nose know where it's coming from? Because there's air currents, and our ability to smell is—we're tapping into some serious stuff. Because how are you locating it? Like your nose doesn't have like a GPS or a compass. Like how do I know the smell is that way? Because we literally can. Like we have like smell memory. And we're smelling through the currents to the source of the odor, which is very the, the same how animals are smelling miles away. Because there's a, a current of that smell that's originating back to the source. Just like those movies, those like detective movies where they can track someone. Like the 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 hound, like we're more, we got or Even the cartoons,
0: dog. the cartoons where they see the, and then like the food, like it's just going in those little waves and they sort of pick it yeah, up. That's and perfect. Fall. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. Mm-hmm. So we have So if you could smell a harmful smell, it's because you have a bacteria sensor on board. Like if it smells like poop, it's because it's poop and which means it's bacteria. Like you have that built in. And if you go in a dry sauna or to the desert, you'll feel dry. If you go into a rainforest or a steam room, you'll feel humidity. Wow. You also have a humidity sensor on board. Hmm. Didn't realize that. Another cool one. If you go outside right now. And you haven't checked the weather. Everybody checks the weather, right? But Like, if you go outside, and you had to guess the temperature, and I play this game with people often, people are usually almost exactly right. Like, within a degree or two, you go, hmm, feels like, for our Canadian friends, feels like 16, or feels like 61 Fahrenheit. Like, you could feel that this is like low 60s or low 20s. You know what that feels like. So it's like, whoa, I got a thermometer on this thing too. And You know, I've now, through thousands of homes that I've tested, without fail, I when I go into a home, I know if there's mold, if there's mycotoxins. It's funny, I'll often go into someone's home and be like, wow, like super low CO2, like your ventilation's great. And I like bust out my gadget or do some lab testing. And without fail, it's I have never had a time where I thought I smelled mold and I was wrong. That musty, mildewy smell, it's because there's mold there. But I had to, I calibrated my biosensors. Like you would never know what 16 was if you hadn't looked at a thermometer, been like, this is what a 16 is, and now internalize that feeling to a, a number. Right. But now that you so you've calibrated your temperature sensor, we can all go outside and probably ask five people the temperature, and we're gonna no one's gonna say it's a hundred if it's seventy or fifty. So, cause we got that temperature sensor. And I think that's really really cool. When people can start getting little wins and start listening to themselves, you can become your best advocate cuz like you know how you feel.
0: So beautifully said. Thank you for that. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Jasper unit okay. if we can. As I mentioned, I am right now I am a proud owner of one. I will be very soon a proud owner of two of them. Um one of the things that you weren't necessarily expecting is that people want a good-looking Uh, unit in their home. I mean, it's very modern looking. It's very, you know, it's very pleasing to the eye. And it's true. And we have something that's, as, you know, if it's just sitting there all the time, you want it to be somewhat aesthetically pleasing. So you can talk a little bit about that. And I also wanted to talk about the fact that it's not plastic, which some of the, uh, there are other air filter companies and products where the unit itself is plastic, which I have a huge problem with speaking to, you know, yeah, so talk a little bit about the just the construction of the unit and the and the aesthetics if you don't mind.
1: So it's it's a very simple fundamental machine. I would be lying to tell you about crazy technology. It's not that at all. It's very fundamental and it's very simple. My background being in wildfires and floods and mold, I got to see firsthand bad air and then we would use big industrial air scrubbing machines is what they were called. They look like anywhere between a subwoofer to a photocopier. They're very loud. They're very ugly, but they're very effective, like very effective, but not practical because if you kept that in your house, you couldn't talk to each other. So now the noise pollution is you've re- reduced the air pollution and you've increased the noise pollution. You haven't really solved the problem. So quiet is obviously a f- important. And the, the, the design was not supposed to be the star of the show. You know, it's not like some wood or some stainless steel thing that like it's not trying to be the star of the show it's trying to seamlessly blend into the decor so it's it's cold rolled steel which is interesting because you know i've tested lots of air purifiers and other products when something's like a bright white plastic it reflects the light it's almost like a mirror and it becomes this very shiny bright thing that reflects light so you know that becomes just this dominating thing in your room Whereas when you have, like, it has a matte finish, so it absorbs the light, so it's not like reflecting back, it can hide. We did the cylindrical filter, so it's 360 degrees, because, and honestly, I did no market research. I traveled the world, and I had my industry expertise, but I created the air purifier that I would want for my family living in the West Coast dealing with wildfire smoke. I'm like, let's just make it for a family that's going to need it all year long to deal with pollution and smoke and those who resonate with this can buy this one. And those who don't can buy something else. And so I, it needed to be 360 degrees because if you have a two-sided filter, you can't put it in a corner. You can't put it against a wall because then one side is blocked. And then it actually needs like two feet of clearance. So if you look at like a standard air purifier, if it needs two feet of clearance and it can't go along a wall or a corner or along a couch... It
0: needs centerpiece like, of the room. It needs nine
1: square feet <laughs> yeah. to like sit yeah. there. I'm like, whoa, yeah. that's a big ask. Yeah. So I wanted something that could go in the corner, could go behind a couch, beside a couch, beside the TV, beside a nightstand. It doesn't matter. And you're still getting the full intake. Also, it had to vent upwards. It can't blow forwards. This was really prevalent during COVID because if a machine is blowing air forward, it's aerosolizing all the dust and the particulate, the saliva, the blood, in, in the dental setting specifically. But if you have air blowing forward, first of all, it blows on you. And then it's further disturbing all of the air in the home. You want the air to go up into the breathing zone so it can recirculate and not blow on you. It needed to be kind of large. You know, it's not a small machine. And that's because if you make it tiny, like you can't pull your boat with your golf cart there's physics here. You need a pickup truck or an SUV. You need a certain size vehicle to do the job. I like to say that there was golf carts and pickup trucks and we created the SUV of air purifiers. Like I need to take the kids. I need to take my stuff. And I want to look kind of, I'm not a minivan family. Like we got, there's a lot of minivan air purifiers. Actually I am. My wife does have a minivan, (laughs) but there's a lot of people out there who would much prefer to drive an SUV because of the overall, they care how it looks. They'll buy the $90,000, the $70,000 SUV instead of the $50,000 minivan. Not because it stores things better, it takes more kids, but it looks good. And like that matters. And it's effective, right? It, c- it can move more stuff. And metal was a non negotiable for me. It had to be steel because if you make a plastic product, first of all, I believe there's a lot more pollution in the
0: same production yeah. of plastics. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's also completely unrecyclable. Jasper's made from cold rolled steel. So we can base almost infinitely recycle that steel tube, repaint them and use them and, and not have to keep, you know, they could theoretically live for hundreds of years. The plastic one, they're also v- very cheap and they're almost impossible to like, ref- you can't, you can't refinish it. You can't restore it. Can't recycle it. So that was a big deal for me. Just in terms of like the life cycle, I'm like, if we're creating these plastic air purifiers that are filtering the air in my house, but polluting the air outside and sitting on the planet for like a million years. Are we actually solving a problem? I hate solving problems that create new problems. So I'm like, and I didn't want to create the most, the cheapest air purifier. There's a lot of cheap air purifiers. I wanted to create the best one with the most minimal impact. And it's not, it's it's for those who it, it, it lines up with. So steel was a non-negotiable, a 360 degree intake, venting at the top, a really high quality sensor. So if we went back a decade, the sensors that are on the Jasper now would have been like eight grand. Sensor technology, and it would have been like, it's kind of like the original car phone versus like our cell phone now. Or like they say our phone has like more computing power than like the computers that did the, you know, the spaceships. Sensors are the same. So a sensor that would have been like backpack with like a 50 foot cable is now like this big. So we just spent more money and use the best sensors. So you'll see that when you're cooking, when you're cleaning, when it's, you'll see next summer, when any wildfire smoke blows in, it's going to ramp up and take care of that for you. So you want something that's quiet almost all the time, but when it's a little bit loud, it's because you need it to, and you want it to be, and no black box. Other things have, you know, a red, a red, green light system, but they don't actually tell you the air quality in real time. And a lot of your educational and your air awareness comes from it. So you saw it go red when you cook. Therefore, you're asking yourself questions about what the made range a behavioral hood, change. Yeah. It's yes. like, oh,
0: I got to use my range hood. Yeah.
1: So when you'll see if wildfire smoke comes through again, and inevitably it will again, when you just go outside to check the mail or open the door, you're going to see it spike like crazy. You're like, oh. I didn't realize when I cracked the door on a bad air quality. So Jasper was designed to be 50% education and 50% good products. So the unit itself is an educational tool. That was table stakes. Another thing that I absolutely hated was, you know, I was a big consumer of air purifiers for a while, but they all have this button that says sleep on it.
0: I was going to ask you about that. Sleep mode. Yes. You push
1: sleep mode. And what it usually does on most air purifiers is it turns off the light, but it turns the fan speed down to like 5% so it's now quiet. Well, you bought this thing for your bedroom. You don't want it to be off at night. So I like to joke that the only thing that you're turning to, the only thing that you're putting to sleep is the air purifier. So it's going to sleep when you need it to be cleaning your air the most. And I hated putting playing whack-a-mole. I, I put a duct tape on the top and then the blue light is shining through the side and I'm I'm taping that up and I'm trying to like you know, I, I I dealt with my air pollution and now I have light pollution in my bedroom. So I really wanted something that was not an additive issue. That was just the way it should be. And then, so sleep mode is designed so you can turn off, you can keep it on smart mode or you can change the fan speed, but still have it being dark. There's that turbo mode button. Turbo mode's fun because we created turbo mode for dentists during COVID. So there's a term called fallow time. It's the amount of time that the surgical operating rooms fallow time by the way is a British term so it's not used really in the US, but it's essentially the time that the air needs to settle between patients. So let's say with a HEPA, with an air purifier, you can have a 10-minute fallow time. So the patient leaves, there's some amount of time when things settle, they clean all the surfaces, And we, the last thing we wanted was to create another job, another machine for the hygienist. They're busy enough with patient care. So last thing they need to do is be turning on the air purifier, turning it off, turning it on, turning it off. That would be terribly annoying, mess up their process. They might make a mistake with a patient because they're busy turning it on. So smart mode in any dental office, as soon as they start cleaning your teeth, it goes up right away. Because there's so many bioaerosols in a dental setting tooth particulates, saliva. I actually am leaving my dentist now because they don't have any air purifiers. And this is not a Jasper thing. I will never go to a dentist that's not filtering their air because I've seen, conducted, and read all the studies of what's in the air in a dental office, and it's horrible. So we created one button called Turbo Mode. So the, the hygienist leaves it on Smart Mode. Right when the patients leave, they just tap Turbo Mode. So it runs on full speed for five minutes. And you can adjust that to be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So for a dental office, it was follow time mode or a, a clinic or a massage therapist. They hit it when the patient leaves, it goes up, it comes down, back to smart mode. In a home, I call it deep clean mode. So I leave mine set to a 30-minute setting. So when I'm going out the door, and if I remember, I'll, I'll hit it. So when I'm leaving, like, you know, the the Roombas or the Robo Rocks that are like your loud vacuum, I prefer it to run when I'm gone. So while my vacuum is cleaning all my surfaces, my air purifiers are also doing a deep clean of the house. So we, I use turbo has deep clean, or if you are doing a big surface cleaning and you're vacuuming and you're kicking up particulate, it's a great time to just purge and do a big deep clean, especially when you're, when you're walking out of the house. And those are the main things, but it's size does really, really, really matter because if you're small, so like a Dyson is about 80 CFM on full speed. On its loudest setting, it's like 80. On its quietest, it's like 10 or 20. So any little air purifiers at Home Depot or Best Buy, one, two, three, $400 machines, they could clean the air a little bit on full speed, but then they're really loud. If you've ever seen those big-ass fans at a gym or an airport or a warehouse, they're these big silent fans. They're moving so much air because of the size of the fan. So because Jasper is big, even when it's silent, it's still moving quite a lot of air. So it was designed to be the kind of thing that seamlessly fits into your life, the laziest way to be healthy. When there's fire or smoke or cooking, it steps up and takes care of the issue. And that's kind of how we designed it. And those were the problems that I was personally frustrated with, with all the products that I had purchased. And that's what makes it unique
0: and i know so this will be in the show notes we do have a a discount or a bonus let's say for our better listeners what is the can you talk to the regular price point of the unit yeah. and yeah
1: thank you so the the price was 1975 during covid so only on january 1st this year our new year's resolution was to make it much more affordable so we've just dropped the price to 999 because we want to be our our tagline when we launched the company was clean air everywhere we say, we say breathe better, sleep better, live better. But clean air everywhere was supposed to be our guiding principle. And if it's too expensive, it's not going to be everywhere. It's it's very limiting. And the truth is we've got more efficient. We've got our shipping costs down. We've got better at running the business. So we've bought the price way, way down to make it reasonable for people. And then as they as you bundle it on the website and add more quantities, the price keeps coming down as well. We're working on doing the same thing to get filter pricing down. And when people subscribe to the filter, it comes with a lifetime warranty. I hope you never have to experience a lifetime warranty, but I also kind of hope you do. So if anything ever happens, we just ship you a new one the next day. You take the new one out of the box. You put the old one in the box. You have a prepaid shipping label and we'll schedule UPS to come the next morning. Because I hate when I have a warranty on a product and they make, do you have my original packaging? No, I do not. Did you think I keep all the boxes around? And they're like, they want the they send me photos and videos. It's like, do you think I'm lying that the thing's broken? So our warranty is amazing. And that was a big part of it. Like a product matters, but how the company supports it really matters. Yeah. So I think you have a I think we created a special code for your listeners, which is just I think it's better. just Estima. We'll yeah. we'll double check Estima or, or better. There's one. We'll, of them. We'll, yeah. we'll get it in the show notes yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. But for those few who do want to invest in what we believe is the best air purifier in the world take advantage of it. And we have a little something called the life-changing guarantee. So if it's not an absolute no-brainer in the first 60 days, we'll take it back. We ask for the first like month or two, keep the box in that window. Usually in the first week, you'll know we've only had six returns ever. But if it's not making you sleep better and feel way better, you should have all your money back because that machine should be in someone's house who it is helping. And you should use your hard-earned dollars to invest in something that's moving the needle. We want customers for life to support on their clean air journey for a long time. So if it's not a great fit for you, we'll take it back.
0: Mike, I've known you for so many years, and you've always been a man of integrity, such, an, such a dynamic speaker, and man, you know your stuff. And considering that ninety, we spend about 90% of our time indoors, irrespective of where we live... I really wanted to bring this conversation to my audience, so thank you so much for your time today. This has been such a pleasure to see you again, and when I'm in the Austin area, I definitely want to meet up for for a, for a catch up. So thank you so much for this.
1: Sounds great. Likewise.
0: In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary health care provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only.